It's Live at Five Sports with Todd and Suhan. Bill Dean sitting in for Todd today. We're brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, a lot of people were, I think, uh, you know, looking forward to what the Vikings were going to do now with this uh, bye week. Uh, when will we find out uh, some of the answers? Uh, number one, who's going to be the quarterback? Well, it's interesting because they're having access today. You and I are talking earlier in the day before access, but they're having access today, but not you know, Connell isn't scheduled to speak till Wednesday. Wes Phillips is scheduled to speak tomorrow, but usually it's something and court, something as big as the quarterback decision is announced by the head coach, and we don't expect to hear from him until Wednesday. Uh, at, immediately after the Bears' loss, it sounded like he was leaning toward Hall. The next day, it sounded like he was thinking about Hall and Mullins, and now as the weakest uh, you know, the two-week bye period has uh, started to elapse. We're starting to hear more and more that he might be leaning back toward Dobbs and giving Dobbs another chance. I don't know if there's a clear right answer. I favor Hall at the moment. Uh, but, you know, they're kind of in a desperate place now. The Packers winning, Lions way ahead, other teams competing for the wild card spot. You know, I, I would say that whoever starts, should be on a short leash, and he should be ready to pull the trigger if he thinks he needs to make a change in-game this time around. Roughly speaking, how many more wins do the Vikings need uh, to actually secure a playoff spot, do you think? There's really no way of knowing. I mean, We just don't know how the Packers are going to fare. Now, the Packers have a really easy matchup this week against the Giants. They should win that one, be 7-6. and six. But we, you know, You're talking about a bunch of average teams. It's really hard to predict how average teams are going to, are going to perform over the next five weeks. Uh, with different schedules and different injury issues, uh, different unforeseen injury issues that are going to pop up in the future, uh, natural ebb and flow of the season. We've already seen, you know, the, the Vikings were terrible, then great, then bad again. Packers were promising, then terrible, now looking really good again. So things can change really quickly in the league. Uh, we, we like to think of teams as static, but they're not. They change we almost week by week. So there's no way of knowing. I would just say that, the, the schedule is favorable. They should win at Vegas. They have a home game against the Packers. There will be a big game, and they should be capable of winning that. They play against the Bengals without Joe Burrow, and they play twice against uh, the Lions, who are good but not unbeatable. So if they play well, I could really see them to get nine or ten wins, which probably gets them in. But there's just no way of knowing how the other teams are going to perform. Well, even the 49ers, look how they look like world beaters again uh, yesterday. They had that three-game losing streak in there. And, you know, and Philadelphia, everybody was ready to crown them. And now they're not so sure after yesterday. Well, I think the 49ers, you know, they had some injury problems early. The Vikings beat them without Debo. Now, Vikings beat them without Justin Jefferson. That was a really impressive victory, no matter the circumstances. I think what you're seeing now is the 49ers adding Chase Young to that defense, getting Debo Samuel healthy again, having McCaffrey, McCaffrey completely healthy, and having Purdy in the flow. They have the best roster and one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL, and they're peaking at the right time. They look by the – right now they look like the best team in the NFL by far. The Eagles were kind of getting by winning close games in the fourth quarter. Now Hurts is banged up. Uh, there's back seven on defense is very vulnerable. They play a very vanilla defense. They have some things to do if they're going to make the Super Bowl. I don't think, I think the Super, you know, I think the 49ers are probably going to be the Super Bowl team for the NFC. The AFC, pretty mysterious. We don't know if the Dolphins can beat a good team. We don't know if the Ravens can recover from the Mark Andrews injury and put together a really good passing game. Um, you know, so, and we don't know whether the Bills are going to rebound. Burrow's out, so they're not very scary anymore. You know, it's a, 
So it's a pretty wide open league, except it looks like the 49ers are a step ahead of everybody else. Well, and that's, I'm sure, uh, you know, going to be keep interest at a, at a real high level. You know, in your column, you talked about some things the Vikings need to do, and, you know, everybody expects they are going to be able to sign Justin Jefferson, but you say almost as important as keeping Daniil Hunter. He's their second-best player. And, you know, quarterback is so important, you can't say he's their second-most important player, but he's probably their second-best player, maybe third-most important player. Uh, and he's the only, in his prime, star on defense. And one thing Tony Dungy always used to tell me was, I can make a lot of players better. I can scheme things to fool quarterbacks. I can, I can play a lot of games on the defensive side, but I got to have that one pass rusher that can draw double teams and can even beat double teams. And not only does that guy is going to make a lot of plays for me, but he's also going to dictate blocking schemes. If you know who they have to double team, it simplifies attacking the rest of the offense. Daniil Hunter is that guy for this team. He's one of the best players in the league. He's in his prime. He's been healthy. He's a leader. He's a worker. Uh, he's really important to keep. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's so true because look how he's made the other players around him a lot more effective. I think of a DJ Wanham and, and some of these other guys. I think uh, they're, they're, they're the benefactors of you know all the attention that uh, Hunter draw, draws. That's part of it. The other part of it is Brian Flores is really good, and he throws all kinds of different looks at offensive coordinators and quarterbacks. Uh, the Vikings lead the league in three-man rushes and in six-man rushes. That tells you how he will adapt and, and use different players. He's made Josh Metellus a very – well, Josh Metellus is a good player, but he's used him in a way that nobody else ever used him before in the NFL as a third safety roving linebacker. Uh, so he's very creative. He makes people better. And, you know, so two things about Flores. Uh, he, I think – he deserves and needs Daniel Hunter. Uh, they need to keep him around as long as possible. I guess I'll make it the three things. And the third is he can win games with lower-paid players, and you're going to need lower-paid players to, to perform if you're going to sign people like Hunter and Cousins and Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw. Yeah, you mentioned Derrissaw, and you know uh, Trent Williams, the left tackle star with the Niners. Uh, it may be coincidental, but I don't think so. He missed those three games where the Niners yep. lost three in a row. So, you know, that left tackle, it's an important spot. It's really important. Derisaw is really coming to his own and becoming a, a star caliber player. Now, I think both tackles didn't play as well as they needed to against the Bears for whatever reason. They need to get it going again. And, you know, they're going to have Jefferson back against the, against the Raiders. I also think they need to run the ball more. And as much as everybody's down on Alexander Madison early in the year, now you have Cam Akers hurt. Ty Chandler was disappointing the other night. Wong Wu is just a specialty player. They really need to get Madison and the running game going, I think. What about uh, the uh, Wolves and Wild, both on uh, kind of a winning streak here right now, and Timberwolves winning these games without uh, their star, Anthony Edwards? Uh, you know, the three bigs certainly were dominant in this most recent win over Charlotte. Now, Charlotte's not a world beater, and they did hang in there most of the game, but uh, you have to be kind of encouraged by the Timberwolves right now. The Timberwolves have had more days with the best record in the Western Conference this season than they had in their previous, whatever, 32 years. Uh, this is a remarkable thing. They had an absolutely dominant month. They responded. And, you know, that victory against Charlotte, Charlotte is a team he should beat, but that's the kind of game they lost last year 
where they're playing a team it's hard to get up for. They have injuries. They don't play very well. They fall behind. That's exactly the kind of game they lost last year, and they're winning this year. Towns has been great. Gobert has been great. Uh, Troy Brown has been a nice, you know, off-the-bench guy with Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels hurt. Uh, I think Finch's coaching is rear end off, and you're seeing a real cohesiveness there. You're also seeing, yeah, they for the, for the first time, they really played the three bigs together, Nas, Towns, and Gobert, and in this case, it really worked well, in part because they were pl- all playing so well. Finch was like, i got to play my the guys who are playing the best down here uh, in the fourth quarter, and they played really well together. It's not going to work against all lineups. The real problem is, that if you're playing a really dynamic small forward offensively, it's hard for these guys to cover somebody that small and quick. But offensively, it worked great. You think realistically, they look to me like they could be a top-four team in the West when it's all said and done. I thought they had a chance of being a top-four team going into the season, and they've played even better than I expected. Uh, and they're playing well even with two of their four best players injured. So I do think uh, they're a top-four team, maybe top-three, maybe top-two. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, can uh, the voice of the coach uh, change in that, uh, make that big of a difference? And is this something that's just going to be short-term, or you think the Wild, uh, that they've got their attention now and we're going to see this type of play uh, from here to here, here to four? Well, they never should have played as badly as they did, and it's an indictment on the players. They needed a coaching change to, to pull their heads out and start playing well again. Um, so credit Garen for knowing when the right time to pull the plug was. Uh, credit, you know, for coming in and doing a good job and, you know, kind of getting their attention on the right things. But it's really an indictment of the players. They didn't play for a pretty likable guy in Dean Everson. There's no reason for them to play that badly under him. You think he'll get another head job, or is it something he even wants? Oh, he'll want another head coaching job. He'll probably want a little break, and he'll start looking for a job. And he'll get a break. He'll join somebody's staff next year. He'll do a good job in that role. And someday, somewhere down the road, somebody will hire him as a head coach. It's the way the NHL works. Um, you know, I don't think he's a great head coach. I don't think he's a bad head coach. I think he's a typical NHL coach who has strengths, and he's going to get a two-, three-year window. And if, it's, it, if you get to a certain point and you haven't won anything, the team starts lapsing, you're going to get fired, just the way the NHL works. You think Hines is going to get a long-term deal then, uh, or is this just going to be still interim until the end of the year? I don't think there's any reason for him to make a decision until the end of the year. I mean, what if you – reward him what if you play well in the regular season you give him a three four-year deal five-year deal, whatever it is and then you go out and just play pathetically in the playoffs well then you you don't want to do that just there's no rush here there's no rush just play out the season see what happens they're about to go on a, on a long difficult road trip we'll, we'll have a better feel for what they're really capable of, of after this well jim thanks so much great visiting with you thanks bill